Andrew is the Aussie bloke living in the U.S. Heather is the American gal living in Australia. Together, they travel the world sharing strategies on how to put your business on autopilot. Doing business online is no longer about having a website. To get more clients and take care of the ones you have, you will need a map. They've got it. So sit back and relax and welcome aboard. This flight is bound to autopilot your business. On today's podcast, we're talking about managing your time on social media. The amount of marketing information available is crippling businesses to make informed decisions. Are you one of them? Before you spend another dollar on the next shiny object, ask us first if it's worth it. Stop the overwhelm now at Digital Traffic Institute. Become a member at digitaltrafficinstitute.com forward slash special. Hey everybody, this is Andrew McCauley. Welcome back to episode number 117 of the Autopilot Your Business podcast. Today we're talking about managing your time on social media. How do you manage your time? Are you spending too much time doing it? Or maybe you're not spending enough time on social media. We are going to dig into probably three questions that I get asked more than ever about social media. I want to explore those. Of course, I'm not going to explore them by myself because Heather Porter is with me. Hello, H. Hi, guys. Hello, Andrew. How are you guys? Been, it's cool to hang out with you once again. We appreciate you having, you know, being here with us and your earbuds wherever you are around the world. Which, by the way, Andrew, guess what? We're in over 100 countries. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, I think we're at 102. <laughs> awesome. I'd like to know, what are the last two countries that we've been found in? Do you know? I know Belize was one of them. Belize. <laughs> yeah, I've been to Belize. It's a cool I'm, spot. I know you have. I haven't, uh, but I'd love to be here one day. <laughs> it's a good it's a place where you go cave, dive in, and all sorts of cool things. Um, and I don't know the other one. That's the one that caught my eye, though. Hello, Belize. If you're listening to us in Belize, thank you very much for doing that. And thank you for listening wherever you are in the world as we dig into uh, episode 117. I love doing these yes. podcasts. These podcasts are fun. Me too. I like him because we always learn something about each other. But um, I don't know. I just kind of feel like I'm hanging out with you guys. Like I actually can picture you guys sitting in your car or cooking your dinner or, you know, going on the train to work or whatever it is. Kind of, It's just fun. I like it. You know what else is cool is that podcasts are growing. Like there is people doing podcasts everywhere and you've chosen to be with us. So we thank you for spending your time with us. We hope, you, we can, we hope that we can give you good value um, as we have a bit of a chat and explore the online world, the automation world and all things yes. in between. Love it. So Andrew, what have you been learning, soaking in, you know, consuming lately? Uh, well, I'm going to tell you something that um, let me pre-frame, pre-frame before I tell you <laughs> that I'm looking at all this stuff from a marketing perspective. You're right. Nothing else. <laughs> And I have two young boys, four and six, nearly seven, who are loving it. But I've been checking out Pokemon Go. Uh-huh. uh-huh. I have it. Uh, yeah, rubbish you haven't. I bet you have. I but um, here's what I'm looking at. I, I'm thinking it's fascinating because, you know, if you haven't got into the Pokemon Go craze, then good on you. Stay away. But um, seriously, from a marketing point of view, um, there's some really smart people out there doing some really cool things for their business. You know, things like um, buying lures, which basically gives you a little Pokemon animal in your store, in your shop front, so that people come in and and spend time with you. Now, that really isn't going to work if you're just a shop where people walk in and walk out and they don't buy anything. 
They don't even look up from their phone screen. That's not going to be much chop. But where I am seeing some very smart people or smart business owners are places where you've got to pay to get in. So for instance, there's a zoo um, just up the road from me here, the, um, the zoo, the Living Desert Zoo. And this week, they've got a special poker zoo, poker zoo night. Um, they're charging $10 to get in. They've paid for all these extra little animals to go and find the Pokemon to go and find. And uh, they're probably going to get around 400 people to walk into the zoo. Now think about this. The zoo's normally closed. Um, we're in the middle of summer, of course, so it's hot. But at night time, it's going to cool down. They've paid a little bit of money to put these extra Pokemons out there. But they're going to get 400 people at 10 bucks a head. And, that, and that's just guessing. That's just guessing how many they're going to get. But I wouldn't be surprised if it's more. But they're going to get an extra $4,000 on an off night because of this craze. There are businesses all over in, in Australia and Sydney as well getting these lures, mm -hmm. just like you're talking about. And just you know, teens, whatever, whatever age range who's into it goes and like cafes are doing it. And so they're off on their hunt and then they go into the cafe, they, they're catching the Pokemon and then they go in to get to buy something. But do they? <laughs> See, here's my, here's my question about that. Is, mm, do okay. they? Do they actually go in and buy something or they're like, you know what? Hell, I've just got a new Pokemon. I'm going to go and get the next one. And they're out the door. Right. So my point about this is smart, business, smart businesses who charge to get into their venue um, think about maybe street fairs or uh, concerts or sporting events, right? Where you've got to pay to get in. And once you're in there, there's some extra bonuses for you once you're in there. Maybe that will get th people through the doors. But I'm all I've, all I've seen as far as the cafes go, where people walk in, collect their Pokemon, and they, and they leave. So I'm not seeing, and, I, and I'm yet to be proven wrong, but I'm not seeing that people come in and buying stuff because of it. Maybe there is. But I'm just definitely seeing the results from people like the zoo who are charging people to get in in the first place. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I like that. Um, and, and plus it's creating that whole little safe environment as well. So there's not like kids walking across the street. Like I was just saying to you earlier, um, I was looking out the window in my place. I'm just in the suburbs of northern beaches of Sydney. And these two teen girls <laughs> were standing on my lawn. <laughs> They were, they had their phones out and they were obviously catching a Pokemon right on my, my front yard. <laughs> I know, it's crazy. I was at the park today. I was picking up my, my son from daycare and I counted 20 people walking around the park chasing Pokemon. Now, ordinarily, that's no big deal. But I've got to tell you, I'm in Palm Desert. It's uh, 44 degrees Celsius or about 112 and it's hot as hell, but there's people out there going, you know what, we're going to go catch these little buggers. And uh, they don't care about the weather. They're out there chasing Pokemon. So anyway, oh, that, wow. that, that, uh, that's me. That's what I'm learning Pokemon Go. How about you? What did you learn over this last little bit of time? Yeah, so I am um, from time to time do these little roundtable sessions, um, little like kind of mastermind mentoring sessions for a group here in Australia called Business Blueprint. Um, and I recently went to one. And what's cool about these is I not only love to, you know, hang out with the business owners. I like personally, I like to go for two things. Obviously, I like to teach and share my knowledge, but I also can really in the span of one day really find out what the pain points are in online marketing for business owners. So I'm right there in it and I can find out. But another reason I like to go is the other mentors that are there. So 
during the lunch break, all the the sort of quote unquote students or business owners leave the room and then we're just left with the mentors and we're all scrambling around to try and meet each other. And I met this really cool guy, Jeff Mahler, and um, he is a trademark expert basically. And really cool story about how he was building up his own IT company and, and then um, this other company came in and basically knocked him out because they owned the trademark for the name of his business. So he just had to walk away, which was horrible from him. Mm. And what I learned is basically, which is interesting, is there's sort of three ways you can trademark or protect your your business. So you can protect your logo, you can protect your name, and you can protect your tagline. And what he said was really interesting. There's a lot of speakers and sort of consultants right now. And what they're doing is they're not necessarily trademarking their name because it's their name, but they're trademarking the um, training that they offer and their products and the info products and the membership sites and things like that. Hmm. So they're protecting distinct brands in their business. And, and it's becoming bigger, especially when we're all relying on online marketing and our IP and what we're building online. It's hard to not get ripped off, you know? So he's, he's an um, interesting guy. I had a good little conversation with him. Yeah. Wow. <clears throat> Definitely. So maybe we got to start looking at trademarking <laughs> our brand. <laughs> I was kind of, I was loosely talking to him about some of those things, you know, finding out if it's worth it and all that. So um, stay tuned, guys, because we might have him back on. I was, I was even asking him, you know, do you like to be interviewed? And he's like, oh, I love it. <laughs> really? So, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. I think you guys might get some value from him just thinking bigger about your business expansion. Definitely, definitely. Well, um, let's kick into today's topic. Okay, yes. Because today's topic is all about managing your time on social media. Um, you know, I'm speaking again tomorrow. I spoke again last week. You're speaking all the time. We get questions all the time. But funnily enough, the questions seem to fall in the same sort of categories. I know mine tend to be more social media stuff. Um, yours, and I think we'll deal with yours in a future podcast because yeah. you've got a different set of questions usually around website development and um, that sort of stuff, content marketing. Mine sort of hang around social media. So I thought what we'd do today is um, I'll give you the three questions that I get asked all the time and give yeah. you give you some of my answers. And, but I want you to sort of jump in and say, hey, this is what you think too. Because these questions, you know, if people are asking them to me all the time, then you probably, listeners, have um, either thought of these questions before or contemplated what is the answer to some of these anyway. So mm. I think we'll dig into some of these questions and just have a bit of a chin wag about each one. What do you think? Yeah, I love this. I absolutely love it. And I like it. We're going to break it into two as well because, um, like you're saying, there's sort of different themes or different angles from each. So, yeah, why don't why don't you jump in and share your first question and how you'd answer it, and then I'll sort of give anything that I would say additional. If there's anything that you've left out that I feel you've left out. <laughs> sure. Um, <laughs> Probably not going to be, though. But we'll see how we go. So, okay. So, first one is how much time should I spend on social media every day? get this all the time, especially when I'm teaching Facebook or Twitter. And I guess, um, let me just clarify, I'm teaching usually entrepreneurs or small business owners who are their business. They are it. You know, they're wearing all the hats and um, they don't have a big team behind them uh, because people that have a big team behind them usually get that it's almost a full-time job anyway. So, you know, as an entrepreneur or a small business owner, you've got to try and carve out some time on a daily basis to keep up with it all. Now, uh, you know, there's so many things to do. 
being consistent is a key on social media. If you're not consistent, then your audience start to know that and they're not sure when you're going to be back online or when you're going to be posting. So um, one of the things that you want to do is try and be as consistent as possible. But you really got to look at, and this is going to go into a third question um, that I'm going to answer in a minute. It's about which platforms to be on. But let's say that you've chosen your platforms to be on. You need to be adding value to those people on a consistent basis, but how long does that take every day? Well, there are automation tools out there that let you do a lot of this stuff, um, but at the end of the day, there is still a need for you to be you, right? There's still a need for you to be on there and engage with the people that are following you and not relying on automated tools. So whether you're using a Buffer or a Hootsuite or any of those tools, there is there is a reason for using those and there's a time when you shouldn't be using those. And that time is the time that you should be spending on social media. So how much time is that? You know, I like to get on to Twitter, for instance, and I could spend maybe five to eight minutes on Twitter and, and get what I need to do. And I might do that twice a day, once in the morning, once at night. Uh, if I'm on Facebook, I really don't spend a lot of time on Facebook. I get in there. I look at some friends updates. I don't do a lot of, uh, posting on Facebook anymore. Um, I know that Facebook's algorithm has changed a dramatic amount in the last four or five months, even in the last couple of weeks. And they're giving me more of my friends' news feeds, which is fine. And I'm not seeing as many um, page, pages that I like in my news feed. And that's all got to do with the algorithm. And that's got to do with uh, why you should spend money on Facebook ads, but that's another podcast altogether. So I get in there and look at my friends and I interact with my friends maybe five or 10 minutes a day. I don't need to zip through too much more unless I'm sitting on the couch at night and I'm just, you know, sort of watching a TV. I've got a device in my hand and I'm just scrolling, flicking through to see what catches my attention. But as far as the organic stuff on there, I'll make sure that I'm answering questions on my pages, on the different pages that I manage. And that really doesn't take too long. You know, I'm not getting thousands of yeah. questions a day. Yeah. So that, yeah, go on, jump no, in. No, no, it's good. It's a good point. And you just brought up something about the algorithm shift in Facebook. And a big part of that is obviously Facebook Live, you know, um, that they're really giving precedence to those sorts of videos. And that's something you really, you can't automate, can you? You nope. have to just jump in and do it. Well, you can schedule, you can schedule live posts now. Sorry, live. So you can schedule live feeds, but you've still got to jump in and do the live thing, right? You can't record it and then schedule it. You can schedule the time it's going to happen. And then you've got to turn up and hit the live button at that time. So you've still got to manually do it. But yeah, you're right. They are spending an inordinate amount of time trying to make live Facebook live work. So they're mm. giving that preference over and above other posts that are in your feed as well. So it's really a mix, isn't it? So you're looking at like yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I, so the answer the answer is for me, um, I'm on I'm on regularly I'm on uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, a little bit on LinkedIn, but not so much anymore. Yep. Um, but so I I would probably say in about 45 minutes I could do all of those pretty consistently and regularly, and I don't have to be sitting at my desk. I can do it, you know, if I'm. Uh, on a train or what not that I'm on a train ever but you know um, I can do it within 45 minutes and, and do it so that it's consistent and it's me engaging not just an automated system so what do you say to somebody that asks you that question so like it because it obviously be kind of different for different Everyone. businesses right totally totally you're right it's different for everybody it's different um, dependent on the goals they want you know if it's just to be social 
then you can spend five minutes on there. You don't have to spend too much longer. Uh, if it's to be really building brand awareness and, and really interacting, if you've got a big following and they've got and you've got lots of people interacting with you, you may have to spend a lot more time on there too. So it really does depend on um, the size of your audience, how engaged they are, how many questions you've got. Like if you're a business, I know a business that um, I was helping at one stage where they've got lots of complaints, lots of issues, and they have yep. to spend a lot of time answering those and dealing with those because people now consider um, social media as the help desk. Yeah, good point. That's where most people are turning, and if you're not, yeah. if you're neglecting it, then yeah. <laughs> your whole tribe takes off in a direction, you know, and you're not even there to stand up for yourself. Yeah, and it's at that point where you want to say, you know, what we need to get somebody in to con- yeah. help us control that, because if you're getting to a point where, um, you know, you've got to spend four or five hours a day on Facebook just to answer complaints, then something is going on that shouldn't be, and maybe you need to pay someone to help you do that, because that's not a good use of your time. You know, um, one thing about the, the sort of the time management on social media that um, not only I know we're looking at more of, but also just in, in general, sort of a general theme, you'll notice, you know, the big long blog posts, right? So you have, especially in our site, we have a longer post that is sort of around 3,000 words with loads of images. And to really, I guess, think about your social media time, you do have to plan it. Hmm. You know, like you're sort of saying you have t- chunks of the day that you look at it, but also if you're using it for your business to grow your business and you're going to do ads and you have to actually plan out your content. And if you actually do that in such a way where, for example, uh, one of our blog posts is five steps to automate your marketing. And in that we have the five steps, but in each of the five steps, one of them, we have a video, um, we have lots of images, we have case studies, we have a variety of multimedia. Mm. And if you're actually reverse engineering your blog post backwards and you're thinking, what can I individually use as pieces of content that I can then post on social? Suddenly, you're you're saving yourself a great deal of time, right? Because I, I say this to some people as well. They're like, well, yeah, but big part of that is like I get confused about, you know, what do I post? And then I'm spending time trying to work that out. Mm. You know, that's a good point. The other thing I want to add to that then is, yeah. okay, I, I may not spend a lot of time on Instagram. I probably spend more time on Instagram than any of the other platforms. Um, and I'm just looking through people's feeds and photos and images and stuff like that. Now, okay, let's say that I only spend 10 minutes a day on Instagram. That's all good. I'm posting every day. Okay, I'm posting a, a, an image every day. Now, there is time in that image. And if you want to count that as part of your social, then you're adding hours because we're creating specific images for our accounts um, with logos on them and calls to action and that sort of stuff. And uh, they are created images, not just snap off the cat, not snap off my phone and post an image because otherwise you'd see my desk every day. (laughs) Right. Um, So they are specially designed, created images. So that's taking time too. Now, if that's going to be in part of your calculations of how much time, then you're going to have to add some time to that, that, uh, those numbers that I spoke about earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so that's good. So any, any other points on that before we move on to the next question you have? No, I think, uh, I think that's pretty much it. It's, it's going to depend on how much, you want to be on there, but I, all I can say is try and be as consistent as you can. Try Good point. As consistent as you can. Okay. Um, okay. Number two was, can I outsource some of my social media activities? <laughs> it's a great question. I hear so, this too. Yeah, I'm sure you do. And, and the answer is yes and no. Yes and no. So you can outsource it. There's a couple of ways to outsource it. A to a, a system 
like a Hootsuite or a Buffer, which is outsourcing it, that's going to be um, automatically doing it for you. Or you can outsource it to a person, which is something that I do recommend and don't recommend because either people go full on and they outsource everything to a person that is not in your company or business, that may not even be in your country, um, who may not understand what you believe in, what you stand for, what your business is all about. I really think that businesses that have social media managers have to have those social media managers inside their business or work extremely closely with them. Um, If you don't know, uh, if that person who's doing your social media doesn't know how your business operates, doesn't know what your business looks like, you know, physically even, even if you work at home, I still think it's important to meet face-to-face to know exactly how that you operate because it's yeah. without that knowledge, um, that's when it becomes a dry social media um, platform for that person. There's no interaction, there's no life in it. And uh, I've seen that time and time again. You see posts, you can virtually pick them. These people outsource it, these people don't, because there is no, there's no um, electricity around that brand, if that makes sense. Does that make sense? Oh, it completely does. And you made me think of an ex- a, a case study or ex- example exactly to illustrate this. So Tell there me. is a business consulting company that I know of, and they outsourced to a 24-year-old girl, young woman, mm-hmm. and if you start to think through this, let's think through this, right? So they're trying to reach small business owners that have a bit of experience. So most small business owners, I mean, we're getting younger and younger entrepreneurs, but there's a, sort of a median age, which is sort of, I don't know, what would you say, Andrew, sort of starting from 30 to 50? Yeah, yeah. For, for the median age? Um, yeah, yeah. So anyway, you have people with a bit of life experience. They've, they've grown a business. They have pain points around the business. And to have a 24-year-old that's fresh out of university that's now trying to, you know, collate great information, which she was good at apparently. So she's putting good articles. But it's the wit and the conversation that was lacking. Like you were mm-hmm. just saying, it's a dry space. So mm-hmm. she'd post something. Somebody would come in and ask a question, and then she would just like it rather than continue to have a dialogue around it because she wouldn't know what to say. I think so, I think they're too scared too because they just don't mm. know what to say. You're right. They don't know what to say, and they don't know the voice of the company either. Yeah. So that's often a, a big problem is they don't know how to respond in the way that the company would speak. Exactly. So when you're outsourcing, it's like, I think, you know, the best ways to do it, and we were just talking about this, you're looking for somebody new is for images, you can definitely do that, right? So you can get somebody, this graphic artist to do it. Um, For the voice of your company, be very careful about that because then it just, it's a big mismatch for the brand that you're trying to represent and put out there. And perhaps, you know, if you're doing trainings or selling products or you have certain customer service that happens there to have it not match what's happening on your entry points in your social media and just your, you know, normal dialogue, mm-hmm. it's going to confuse people. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, so, so the question then sort of says, well, what can you outsource if you've got to do yeah. it all yourself? Well, you know, as, as you said, images, well, I, we get we get somebody to do our images for us. We give them a strict guideline of what we're looking for and how it needs to be. And if they don't do it properly, we send it back. Um, so images can be good for everything, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, uh, Instagram, Pinterest. So we, so we use imagery everywhere we can. So that's a big part of it. Um, posting those images can be part of what they do. 
like posting yep. those images can be part of what they do. Yep. They, they're not responsible for answering and responding. They don't, we don't want them to, we don't, they don't touch it. Um, they could be responsible for liking certain posts, like we might give them guidelines on, hey, these are the pages that we like, and these are the um, people that we want want to follow. So go and find those, go and follow those people, go and like their posts because we know that they put out good quality content and we're happy to like their content. So maybe we can do a little bit of that. We don't do a lot of that because we want to make sure we're not just liking everything and anything because that's just ridiculous. But, mm -hmm. um, but there are a couple of things like that that they can do. Um, and sometimes they'll set up some uh, posts that we write, so some tweets, we might write a series of tweets that are directing people back to our articles. Uh, we will get them to set those up manually inside a uh, scheduled program like a Hootsuite so that we know what's going out. We give them the times that they go out and they go and do that sort of stuff. So any manual labor that doesn't need thinking or interacting, we generally get them to do that. Brilliant. And then, um, so anything else then outsourcing wise, what would you say, like, as far as the writing of content and the overall sort of messaging, you'd keep that in house then, right? Oh, yeah, totally. We've, yeah. we've tried to, we've tried to do that. Nah, it doesn't work. Um, it's terrible. <laughs> uh, and, and, and this is not just other countries. This is even people that are in our own country. It's, it's got to be really, and if you can find someone who gets you, then that's great. Good luck and use it. But majority of the time it's very hard to find and unless you i mean you you can get a whole a social media agency to do this it's specialized in this in your own country but it's going to come with a, a hefty price. price tag and they're really good at what they do so uh, totally. yeah like andrew is saying you might be better off kind of half outsourcing and then understanding and learning and training yourself on social media you know to a point where you're comfortable sort of taking the reins for the bigger messaging exactly exactly nice <laughs> Want to ramp up your knowledge and results in online marketing, social media and automation? Whether you want to get your first 1,000 followers or double your profits, all you need to do is follow these steps inside DTI. Sign up and grab your special listener bonuses now at digitaltrafficinstitute.com forward slash special. And then the third question I get is uh, about managing your time on social media is... Um, do I need to be on all the platforms? There are yes. so many platforms out there. Do I need to be on them all? And the answer is, yeah, of course you don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, you do not have to. This is a, this is a big question because people are like, well, you know, I've just got a Facebook page. I'm going to go and get a Twitter account, a LinkedIn account. I'm going to go get Pinterest. And I heard this thing is called Snapchat and blah, blah, blah. Musical.ly's come out. I'm going to get a Musical.ly account. It's like, whoa. He's up. Here's the thing. Where are your market? Where is your market? Where are your target market hanging out? Um, if they're on Facebook, then that's the first one you want to go and get. If they're not on Facebook, then don't go there. Don't waste your time. You know, if you've got um, if you've got a skateboard shop and your target market is 15 to 24 year old guys or girls, then maybe Snapchat is the market you want to be in, right? Mm -hmm. If it's um, if it's uh, females 45 to 60 who like family nights and sewing, then probably Facebook's going to be your market. You know, I'm not saying that's only the Facebook crowd, but that's a big, that's where those demographics are hanging out. You've got to know where your market is so that you can get to them. If you want to go and find 12 year old girls because you, you sell 12 year old girls clothing or whatever, then maybe Musical.ly is one of those places you want to hang out. I'm not 
not sure if you've seen Musically lately, Heather, but holy, I have. holy crap, it's full of kids. I'm talking kitty kids. And, uh, yeah, they do like lip syncing and then also singing as well. It's kind of the new, um, like, I don't know, what would you call it, idol like on, a, on an app. It really is. Just a side note, I, I met a lady the other night. She said, oh, yeah, I'm, really, I'm a social media manager. And she goes, my daughter is uh, a heavy influencer in social media. I'm like, oh, yeah, how old your daughter thinking – this lady's not that old. She can't have an old daughter. She said, oh, she's 12. And she <laughs> has she has 274,000 fans on Musical.ly. Wow. And, I'm, and I'm like, why? I looked at her account and I'm like, why? You're nothing special. But anyway, <laughs> um, I, I, I digress. So you really got to know where your target market's hanging out. Look at how much time, go back to question one, how much time do you have to spare to spend on these uh, platforms. You know, if you don't have a lot of time and you want to say, I've only got 10 minutes a day, then pick one platform, pick the best one for you and work on that one only. And a good point about that is if you need to default to a, um, you know, a solid social platform, for the most of us, it's going to be Facebook other than it, like the younger, younger generation. Um, and the reason why is it's, you know, over 1.5 billion people. It's the second largest country in the world. But it has an amazing ads manager where you can be anybody and target anyone in there very quickly and very easily. So for the majority of business owners, you have at your fingertips a really easy way of accessing your perfect demographic and spending a little bit of money to find them. Whereas like the other ones, you know, Snapchat, um, I don't, there's no ads on there and it's still, you know, tricky no, for a lot of people a, to there's use. A, there's ads on there now. It's growing, but still... <laughs> The market is still very young. It's young. You have Instagram. Instagram has ads, which are really amazing that you can run through your Facebook ads manager. So that's great. So when in doubt, I always think, well, go where there's a big market and go where you're able to spend a bit of money and make it quite easy to access your right market as well. So, you know, like a Facebook, like a um uh, Instagram, LinkedIn is. I know you have your really interesting opinions about this, and and uh, we even tried placing ads a while ago on LinkedIn, and had it was really difficult to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it's just I love what you're saying about really, really think about your market, and if you have a default fallback, Facebook's pretty good for all of us, and then maybe pick a second one. It's kind of what I tell people at least. Yeah, and you know, one thing, one thing I want to add to this is you want to test and measure because you may yeah. think that you're doing the right thing by spending your time on Facebook. Um, are you getting a return on that time you're spending on there? Are you getting people to come to your website or people to buy your products or services? Um, because maybe it's not the right market. Maybe it's time to go and look at a LinkedIn or maybe it's time to go and look at a Twitter or something else, a Pinterest because maybe you get a better return for your time invested there, but you're not going to know unless you measure it. So you really keep keep some records of it. You can use all sorts of things like, um, you know, if you're making sales, for instance, or you've got Google Analytics connected to your website, and that's where you're sending people. But um, you really know, once you know where it is, then don't waste your time with other stuff, because that's just going to be time sucking uh, your valuable time from your day. Love it. So if I were sitting at your, your gig, I'm watching you speak and you're about to leave stage, what would sort of a few key themes or takeaway points based on these questions be that you would want to leave me with? Um, be consistent. Do Get on the right channel. Get on the right platform first. Be consistent on that platform and then find the things that you don't need to um, 
do yourself and outsource them. Okay, and outsource the right things. Don't outsource the wrong, wrong things, you know, as we discussed. So be consistent, find the right channel, and then uh, find somebody to help you with that time. And you'll find that you don't have to spend a lot of time at all on social and you can still get some really good results. Nice. Okay, I'm motivated and pumped. I'm ready to leave this seminar and get going. <laughs> Yay! Go on, go and do it. No, in all seriousness, though, those are really solid questions and um, – I like that you're not saying like sort of shoeboxing in an answer saying, oh, this is how it should be for everybody because it's not – it's it's going to vary, isn't it, based on the business totally. owner and, and like totally. who you're targeting, what your business is all about. Absolutely, definitely. Now, next week, next episode, we're going to dig in and ask your questions about yes. the questions you get asked at all these events because I know you get asked different questions. Um, we both get asked the same question, but yours seem to be a bit more because your, your content's a little bit different than mine. So, um, I'm looking forward to digging into those as well. Yes, you guys, you're going to have to come back and join us because we're going to be talking a little bit more about websites in the next episode and a lot of other cool little, um, sort of tips and resources that I share with people. So they, they go onto a blog post or they learn something. They're not stuck thinking, ah, I don't know how to do this. How do, where do I go? How do I get this done? So we'll answer a lot of those sorts of questions in the next one. Yay. All right, everybody. Good to be, um, with you on this episode look forward to seeing you on the next episode if you can share this with your friends or leave us a review on itunes we would love it <laughs> it helps our podcast get seen by the world and maybe we can get into 103 countries with your help <laughs> all right H, thanks very much thanks you guys see you later Bye. all passengers and cabin crew should now be seated with their seatbelts securely fastened Ladies and gentlemen, this is the first officer speaking. On behalf of your captains, Andrew McCauley and Heather Porter, we would like to thank you for taking the journey with us to autopilot your business. You are now closer to putting your own business on autopilot using the Internet. Of course, if you would like to rack up some frequent flyer points, visit our website, www.autopilotyourbusiness.com, or check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash autopilotyourbusiness. These frequent flyer points are totally useless, but the information is gold. Until we fly again, happy travels.